to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the NXT Podcast. As always, I am your host. My name is Zachary Smith. Very excited to be with you for another week after the two-night spectacular NXT Stand and Deliver. I'm just going to get this out of the way. It was the most watched takeover of all time, and I know that because the announcers were very keen on telling me that every time they brought it up. WWE is a big fan of letting you know how successful something was uh, at all times. And uh, Stand and Deliver was a very good show, and we have a good episode of NXT. Usually after a takeover, it's kind of a recap episode. And that's partially what this was, so we'll get a chance to talk about it. But we had some relatively new stuff happen. Not a ton that is of consequence, but we still had some fun stuff on the show. You can always find me on Twitter. I am at ZachNXT. That's at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. We're always talking about wrestling and other fun stuff over there. Something that's not super fun that happened... uh, just a couple days after WrestleMania, um, the WrestleMania that had live fans uh, during a uh, time when WWE has had some of the most money coming in that they've ever had, despite putting out some of the worst creative they've ever put out. Business-wise, WWE is doing very well. So imagine our surprise when uh, they went ahead and fired a bunch more people, uh, citing uh, budget cuts. Um Because what you want to do as a business um, that's not doing well creatively is you want to fire the performers that you don't have ideas for. And you definitely want to keep all the people around that can't think of ideas for those very talented uh, performers. Because that is business. So obviously the most notable amongst these people is... Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe came into the WWE and was immediately one of, if not the best promos in all of wrestling. He was really the most serious challenger in terms of a reaction that Brock Lesnar had for a long, long time. He was white hot. Samoa Joe's nailed it. Problem was injuries. He would get hurt. And it was around February, I think he got a concussion uh, while they were filming a commercial, doing a stunt, and so he had been performing as an announcer. And what do you know, the best talker in WWE was really good at being an announcer. So Samoa Joe announces uh, WrestleMania uh, during a thunderstorm, and then is uh, rewarded for that by being fired. So... This would seem to be a couple of things happening at the same time. One, you have somebody who is, you feel, injury-prone. Can't argue with that part. You also have somebody who, I imagine, wants to be back in the ring. Doesn't want to stay an announcer. 
and you either don't have ideas for him or don't think that he can be in the ring. And that's uh, fine, except for a couple things. One, uh, Edge and Daniel Bryan were just in the main event of WrestleMania, and those two dudes at different times uh, had a lot of injuries and um, had uh, career-ending injuries. Uh, Daniel Bryan said that he would, once his contract ended, wrestle anywhere and that he would wrestle again. And what do you know? Magically, he was medically cleared. And then Edge was told he would never wrestle again. I think it was nine years he was off. AEW is about to offer him a contract, and what do you know? He's miraculously medically cleared. My point is, if somebody is injury-prone, WWE has had no problem in the past working around that, so I'm very confused as to why one of or the best talkers that you have, who's also fantastic in the ring, you can't also do that for. It baffles me that Samoa Joe was never a top champion in in WWE. Uh, There were a bunch of stretches there where he could and should have been, but he isn't a typical WWE guy. And again, if you don't know what to do with somebody, it makes a lot more sense to just fire that person, I guess. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce both got fired. The old classic, these two are a tag team. And look, I wasn't the hugest fan of the Iconics, but they were a very entertaining tag team, and WWE decided the best thing to do with them was to break up that tag team for no discernible reason uh, and then put Peyton Royce with another tag team partner, Lacey Evans, and then have Billy Kay just do a bunch of random stuff and then eventually start to put her in a tag team with Carmella and then fire her. Seems like what we could have maybe done is either keep them as a team or uh, have like um, ideas ideas for either of them before we just break them up. But it seems as though what actually did happen is um, we didn't feel like coming up with ideas and um, we didn't want to put them back together so it's easier to fire them. That's cool. Mickey James got fired. Mickey James was fantastic throughout her Hall of Fame career. I think she's a six-time women's champion. Came back to NXT for a match with Asuka. Came back to the main roster. Was really, really good. They didn't have ideas for her, so why why keep her around? Chelsea Green got fired. Uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't ever really seem like they knew what they wanted to do with her, and so... Again, this is a theme, but we don't have ideas. So rather than have them do something low-key or throw stuff out there, we're just going to fire them. Uh, Tucker got fired. You kind of saw that coming as soon as he wasn't with Otis anymore. They tried the heel turn with him, and that didn't work. So that was it, and it didn't work because they never followed up on it. Bo Dallas got fired. Seems like the whole there's a different fiend uh, thing uh, was a, a fan theory, but also something that could have kind of been a cool story. And maybe Bo Dallas being Bray Wyatt's real brother could have been involved in that story. Uh, but rather than that, uh, we'll just go ahead and fire that dude. That's cool. Kalisto got fired because since Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, we've been trying to find another superstar like that for those demographics not understanding 
what made Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio so special. You can't just throw a mask on anybody and trot them out there and uh, have them say uh, Lucha a lot and get over. So let's fire that dude. Um, Yeah, so uh, again, um, stop me if you heard this before during a pandemic. When the WWE is making more money than they ever have despite putting out a worse product than they ever had, we have not fired any of the consequential decision makers. We have not fired any of the consequential writing staff that can't be bothered to come up with creative ideas or writing. Uh, what we have done is we fired a bunch of uh, hardworking uh, people uh, for no discernible reason in a lot of cases. So that's pretty sweet. Whatever. Fine. We're going to talk about NXT. The intro song for the WWE uh, has changed. I don't think that it is as good. That seems, it's not important, but it is something that stuck out to me. Don't remember when they changed it. Starting off with a new NXT champion, Karrion Cross. He's with Scarlett making their entrance. I get why Karrion Cross won the title. He deserves a chance to have the title reign that he would have had if he weren't injured, but Finn was on a great streak and uh, as a character and with promos and with matches, and it sucks that he lost the title because I don't think the stories will be as good with Karrion Cross more because of the way they use him than him. He says, I told you time always comes full circle. Uh, I've been thinking about that since I wrote that, and I don't know what the hell that means or is supposed to mean. He said it was only a matter of time before I was back standing in my ring with this, my title, as the NXT champion, as for Mr. Balor, without a shadow of doubt, one of the greatest of all time to step in the ring. He said Balor went on a tear, but he believed my emotions were a weakness. He didn't understand anything become, can become a driving force when you learn to control it, and I control everything. Again, I've been thinking about that one too. I got nothing. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm in command of NXT till I say so. I'm never going to lose... Uh, he said, there's a funny saying, when you're at the top, there's nowhere else to go but down, but that is a complete and total lie. I mean, just factually speaking, that that is not a lie. That is that is the truth. If you are at the top of a building, uh, the only place to go in that building is, is down in that building. Eventually, like if you keep going up, you're, you're going to be like in space. And then, like, eventually, you're gonna, you're gonna have to come back down. That's especially in WWE. You could be fired next week. You don't know. They might have to do budget cuts. He said nobody will outtrain, outgrind, or outwrestle me. I am unclear as whether Karrion Cross is a good guy or a bad guy, because he sounded like both. So that's. Interesting recap of MSK at Stand and Deliver winning the tag team titles. That's too soon. We'll come back to that. Champa and Walter for the UK title. Walter retains. That's that's the correct decision. And you saw that coming, but they were there to have a really, really, really good match, and that's what they did. Uh, Bronson Reed, for some reason, won that gauntlet match to take on Johnny Gargano. That's a Boring choice. Raquel Gonzalez wins the women's title. I like Io more, and I think her stories 
are going to be better as champion than Raquel's, but I also get it, and it's a chance to make somebody. Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar in a ladder match to unify the two purple belts. Escobar wins. Uh, Pete Dunne faces Kushida. Pete Dunne wins that one. Candice LeRae and Indy Hart will lose to Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Sure, fine. I still say that my idea of every time the women's tag titles get defended, the champions lose would have been better, but whatever. Uh, Bronson Reed gets to face Johnny Gargano on night two. What do you know? Bronson Reed loses. That's because they haven't done anything with Bronson Reed, so I don't know why he would have won. He's just kind of here. And finally, Karrion Cross beats Finn, winning his second NXT title. Technically, he had to relinquish it, but that still counts as two. Kyle O'Reilly beats Adam Cole. We have almost all new champions. Johnny is the only one that hung on to his title, and I guess technically Mr. Escobar. We're back in the Capital Wrestling Center. We are welcoming the new NXT Tag Champs. I said that this was too soon because this is still a new team and there hasn't been enough to connect with on them, so you don't really care about them winning. As of now, MSK, MSK nailed it, is just a team that came to NXT, won and then won the Dusty Classic and had like one or two vignettes that weren't very revealing. And so it's just two dudes who wrestle very exciting matches, winning titles. And that's about it. And, I mean, that's fine. Uh, NXT doesn't really care about tag teams. I mean, they care like a little bit more than the main roster in that NXT doesn't actively dislike tag teams like the main roster does. Uh, but they, they don't really, so this is cool for them, but it's not gonna matter, which is kind of a theme. MSK is defending those tag titles tonight against Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. MSK wins that match. Uh, Wesley is the Shawn Michaels of this Rockers team. It sucks that, like, as a wrestling fan, you always have to think that way about tag teams, but... WWE is going to always break up a tag team, and Wesley is the Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry to the other guy whose name that I genuinely do not remember, but Wesley is the Shawn Michaels. Alexander Wolf comes out after, and he's talking with Killian Dane. MSK's already left when Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel come out and attack him from behind. The three stand over Maverick and Dane, so Imperium's still around. Wolf doesn't look psyched about having done that he doesn't help in the beatdown really i just remembered wolf and dane were both in a faction together on nxt a long time ago uh with nikki cross and eric young i don't remember the name wow hmm i mean they weren't around that long and then they didn't really know what to do with them for a while so maybe we're doing something with that that could be cool uh, Roderick Strong and his wife, Marina Shafir, are arriving earlier at the building. There's a recap of Cole and O'Reilly. The commentators are really, really making sure you know this was the most watched takeover of all time. This is the point at which I noticed they've said it every single time. Uh, O'Reilly and Cole really tried to kill each other in this match. They sometimes say good friends hit each other the hardest in there. That certainly seems to be the case with these dudes. O'Reilly drops a knee from the top rope with a chain wrapped around his knee. 
That beats Adam Cole. That's a heck of a way to finish a match. I wouldn't have thought of that as a finish, and I certainly wouldn't want to do it to my friend or get hit with it, but they did because they're both crazy people and had a really good match. Afterwards, Adam Cole gets loaded into an ambulance. Kyle O'Reilly does as well. Shawn Michaels and Triple H are both very helpful with the EMTs getting them in there. Uh, For some reason, they bring both of the dudes to a local medical facility, if we're using WWE verbiage, and they talk smack to each other as they're both being brought in. Apparently, our main event tonight is Johnny Gargano in a mixed-person, eight-person tag team match, Team Johnny and Team Bronson Reed. I'm not sure why we're still doing the Bronson Reed thing. Bronson Reed seems like a nice dude, but he was gone for a long time, and they haven't done a ton with him, and so he doesn't feel like a legitimate challenger to Johnny. He's also not had a problem with Johnny particularly, so I thought we were just doing a we need Johnny to have a unique opponent, he's going to beat him and move on thing, but it seems like maybe we're just going to stick with this for a little bit. I don't know. Santos Escobar is in the ring. He's now the undisputed cruiserweight champion. He said one year ago this was the title of a forgotten division. It it still is. He said Legado del Fantasma was born and what was the sideshow became prime time. It it didn't, but that's all right. He said the Emperor of Lucha Libre stole the show at stand and delivery. He said just like my father was, just like my son will be. We are warriors. We never back down. We always fight, which is why tonight I'm going to lay down an open challenge. And Before he can finish that sentence, Kushida's music hits. He's out to challenge him. It is at this point of the notes I realized, oh, he's losing that title tonight, isn't he? It was also at this point that I think I remember wasn't part of the reason Kushida came here and left his old company because he wanted to not just work with the lightweight guys and mix it up with bigger guys and not be constrained by a light heavyweight or cruiserweight division that's cool Uh, Kushida kicks Escobar in the mouth when he's not paying attention knocks him out of the ring Escobar checks his mouth and just laughs and gets back in the ring Escobar could be doing more he's really really good and it's not being uh, put on as much of a display as it could be because he is the cruiserweight champion and that isn't necessarily a helpful thing. Um, I can't decide if it's better than not being a champion at all, but he could absolutely be a North American champion or be in the NXT title mix once Karrion Cross is taking on challengers. That could be a fun rematch. I, th- I just feel like he could be doing more. So there's kind of like a surprise reversal Uh, pin and Kushida is in fact your new champion that's one an odd way for Escobar's title reign to end because if Kushida was going to win you would think he would have been the Kushida that he's been before which is the more serious butt kicking version of Kushida no nonsense so on so forth and to a degree he was but like a surprise pin is not the character that we've been watching and for all the not a lot that it's worth 
Escobar has been the cruiserweight champion for some time now. He just became the undisputed one. And he hasn't lost, save for Karrion Cross in a long time. It feels like it should be something of an important thing for him to lose. So you kind of did the thing where you change the title, but you think that neither guy is hurt, and I don't think it actually helped either guy. And this is the rare instance where I think the new champion is actually worse off than he was, because Kushida is now the cruiserweight champion, and the thing that sucks is that it's not going to matter. But, speaking of not mattering, <laughs> that feels mean, but it's also true. Dakota Kai is in the ring to announce Raquel Gonzalez, your new women's champion. Boy, Dakota Kai really is just like a, a hype woman now, huh? Like, I rem remember when she turned into a bad guy and against Tegan Knox, and it was a big deal, and then they just did not know what to do after that. And ever since they won those tag titles and had them for part of one night, it feels like the only person that was hurt by that was Dakota Kai because Raquel went on to win the women's title. She's fine. Dakota's the only one that feels lessened by all of that. Raquel's interrupted as she's talking by the debuting Taya Valkyrie, who's now uh, being called uh, Frankie uh, Monet. Um, Frankie Mino Monet has, has a dog with her. Um, boy, Frankie Monet's a bad name. It's not good at all. Um, this, is, this is the problem when you don't uh, have a situation like you had with like Samoa Joe or AJ Styles where they have the rights to their name and negotiate being able to use it. Because I know that that is Taya Valkyrie. So when she turns to me and says, my name is Frankie Monet, I know even you don't believe that. Um, my notes from this are just that that dog is cute. I'm going to be honest. I zoned out this whole time because uh, I, mm, I don't care. But I uh, was looking at the dog, and it's cute. It it nailed its part. Uh, Raquel said that at the end that if uh, Frankie Monet uh, spoke to her like that again, uh, she would uh, shove the dog up her But I had to ask my wife what the Spanish word at the end of her sentence was, knowing full well uh, what it was. And um, it means, but, and this is a family-friendly podcast, so I can't say the word that it really is, but when I'm telling you she said she would shove a dog up her butt, I need you to understand that um, it's a, I'd shove a dog um, um, up up your word that starts with A, and it's it's three letters. Um, so, uh, to just so we're crystal clear, uh, this feud uh, between Frankie Monet and uh, the women's champion is starting uh, because uh, the women's champion threatened uh, to shove a dog up another adult's butt. Um, I am ex. I, hmm. R Raquel's story is one that deserves to have the women's title with the way that she has been presented, booked, and has performed in matches. Um, but if this is the best we got story-wise for her, maybe we shouldn't have uh, made her champion yet because 
some of my thinking might be tainted on this because I've never been a Taya Valkyrie guy. Um, it's just never been my cup of tea. Um, seems to be like hardworking. Um, and her and, and Johnny Nitro uh, are very uh, exciting in the ring, but I never really got it with her. So one, I don't particularly care that she's here in NXT. I hope that she does really well and gets to live out uh, her dreams and, and be as big as possible. But for me, it doesn't do it. And then when you come out as Frankie Monet um, with a, a banging theme, that so that part's good, um, but a terrible name and a cute dog that then is threatened uh, to be uh, shoved in you, uh, presumably not uh, willingly, and then you run away. Uh, this is what we're doing out the gate. This is not ideal. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, it, through no fault of any of the women involved, the women's division, as it pertains to the title, feels less important because of this. And they save this uh, garbage fire of a segment uh, because Ty Valkyrie leaves, and now Rhea Ripley is here, the as of WrestleMania new Raw Women's Champion, having beaten Asuka. So they get in the ring, they have a stare down for a second, and they cheers with their titles. Raquel with the NXT, Rhea with the Raw, and then they're in the ring talking, uh, and then Bianca Belair's music hits the. As of WrestleMania, new SmackDown Women's Champion having beaten Sasha Banks for that title. Main eventing night one. Big deal there. Uh, so you're kind of looking at the the future. Well, no, I guess the present now. Uh, the promised future and, and now delivered present of the women's division. Uh, and it feels good that it's not Charlotte Flair and... Asuka and the same stories over and over. It's it's Raquel as your first time NXT champion. Uh, Bianca as your first main roster uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. Rhea as her first Raw Women's Championship. So you have like new exciting faces who are all really skilled. Uh, Bianca didn't quite match the energy of the other two. The other two were more like a hell yeah. And Bianca was more like a oh my gosh, I'm excited. Um, which didn't, she just seemed really happy to be there. And I would have been too to return to NXT for her and for Rhea. It's a big deal, but kind of stuck out. Also, kind of wish that Rhea had come out last only because they played Bianca's theme again at the end and Rhea's theme slaps harder than Bianca's. Uh, but they put a picture up on the video screen behind them, which was great work by whoever is controlling that in the back because in storyline world, they didn't know that they were coming. So they found that picture quickly of them presumably fairly early on in their NXT run standing together and then they're standing in those same in that same order in the ring now and they all raise their titles. Maria's very hype. And it's just a cool image. That's one of those things where um Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley weren't 
in storyline ever really friends. Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley were just tearing each other apart because they hated each other. So logically, it doesn't make sense they would all be together. But we let that go all the time with wrestling. And this was just a really cool moment. And it's believable that Rhea was just excited and Bianca was excited and Raquel was excited. It doesn't matter who was a good guy and a bad guy there. It didn't matter past uh, relationships between any of the three. It was just, hell yeah, futures here. We are champions. This is a cool moment. These two are back in NXT. And before too terribly long, I imagine Raquel's going to join them up there. That's a really cool moment. And that image of them standing in front of that picture, all raising their titles, was absolutely the highlight of the show. Regal's in his office, having talked about, I th- I believe her name is Sarai, coming to NXT. It's a superstar, a women's superstar. He's been trying to negotiate into getting into the WWE for a long time, and she seems to be a very accomplished uh, woman. Um, she was compared a lot to Asuka and Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. I'm going to let you figure out the common thing between all those people. Um, she seems like she uh, is like Asuka in that uh, I have like a uh, like an adorable puppy dog uh, face and like smile. But I will, I will punch your face so hard that you will not be able to feel it again. Uh, and th- that's what I like to do kind of vibe from her. So she debuts next week. That's going to be cool. Women's division could use some new people in the title picture. I would imagine that if you're going to take the title off Raquel, that my best guess at the moment would be Sarai taking it, or you could have, I almost cursed on my show that I can't curse on, Frankie Monet uh, win it, and then Sarai wins it, but I think that's a ways down the road. But, let's see. But now Regal's in his office, and Marina Shafir and Roderick Strong are in there. Roderick Strong hands him an envelope and says... I heard him say I'm down. I He might have now said, in retrospect, I'm done. Regal says, are you sure? He says, yes. Regal basically says, you've been a pain in my butt, but I respect you and you're welcome back at NXT anytime. So did Roderick Strong just quit? Listen, man. Listen, man. I get it. Your friends are all fighting. You broke up this group and that's very sad. Why are you quitting? Shouldn't you just be like, mad at them and want to fight them instead of I'm going to quit like Bobby Fish is so unbothered by this he isn't even on television Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong just finished fighting each other you could probably jump in there and it would be like a triple threat the one thing that you probably shouldn't do is is quit obviously we're doing some story here I'm just not sure what it is it's interesting at the moment. It's not what I thought we were going to do. I was kind of excited to see Roderick Strong get in there with Cole and O'Reilly. I thought that's what we were doing, but what the hell do I know, you know? But 
Roddy will hopefully be back soon and with a good story. So our main event is Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, your NXT Women's Champion. Woof, nailed it. NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. It's a lot of words in a row. Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed versus the Gargano family. I'm not calling them the way. That's a bad name. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Austin Theory, Indie Hartwell, or Indie Wrestling. Um, this is a this is a pretty crazy match. A lot of funny moments, a lot of kind of story in here. At the end, Bronson Reed top rope splash to Austin Theory and Team Bronson Reed wins. I saved you some time because one, you knew how this would end, as did I. But two, none of this matters at all. It's and that's not a bad thing. It that you just finished your biggest takeover of all time. You don't immediately have to have a challenge for Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano and MSK and Raquel Gonzalez. Like you can have just a fun nothing main event. It meaning nothing means nothing. It's just a fun thing to end the show on. That's fine. There's a point at which Dexter Loomis is walking off with Indy Hartwell. Indy is who's had a crush on Dexter for some reason, uh, is pretending to be uh, passed out. And as Dexter carries her out, she uh, picks her head up and looks at the camera and gives a thumbs up. That was funny and weird and concerning all at the same time as we go off the air. So next week we have Sarai uh, debuting. Not sure if it's going to be a match or just, I'm not sure, presumably a match. We'll probably find out more about what Raquel's going to be doing. Uh, MSK probably going to have something to say to maybe Imperium, something. Johnny Gargano, I don't know if they're doing Bronson Reed again or if we're going to get like an exciting challenge for him. We'll find out who Karrion Cross's first victim will probably be next week as well. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly might be around in some capacity. It should be a more back-to-normal-ish show, but I'm excited about it. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know what you thought about the most successful, most watched takeover of all time. Again, over on Twitter, I'm at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. Let me know what you thought over there or anything you want to hear me talk about next week. Most of the news and notes stuff often comes from you guys, so let me know. In the meantime, that's it for NXT, so that's it for me. I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic. Thank you for listening.